Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of the House Divided podcast. Uh, I am Brendan, and Jeremy is here, and I would just like to say I don't want to be an Ohio State fan sympathizer, but I can see how watching a really good team for a long time ruins your brain, because I got really mad last night. (laughs) The uh, the loss to Illinois got you a little uh, worked up, huh? Dude, I I don't like I don't know what happened to me. Like I'm throwing words out like pathetic performance in my head and like stuff like that. And I'm like I'm like take a step back, you moron. <laughs> yeah, you went I, full Buckeye. I I caught my no no I caught myself. I did not go full Buckeye because I didn't tweet at players. I didn't threaten anybody. I I didn't start crossing out random letters of the alphabet. I didn't do any of that. I just uh, just got irrationally mad at my very good team because they didn't play excellent for one game. <laughs> well, let's say that, you know, I think maybe you went worse today on Twitter. Uh, when you you stood up for man buns, so. I'll stand by it. I <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what you want me to say, man. I I don't hate him. I uh, a couple of I my mean, favorite. Like in the man bun is the Columbus Ed Hardy T-shirt. <laughs> I had a couple of soccer players for AFC Ann Arbor that had man buns, and I really liked those guys, not just as players. I talked to them off the field, and they're all great guys. So they they have endeared the man bun into my heart. I think it's a generational thing here, Jer. I, I'd <laughs> yeah, I guess I could see that. I uh, My experience with man buns is 24-year-olds in Grand Rapids on a trust fund drinking at a brewery. So mm-hmm. uh, if I knew some cool soccer players, that might have changed my mind on it. But yeah, uh, that could be yeah, so. So we were denied an epic Underwood rant because your boys didn't deliver the win last night, which that really hurts MSU Twitter in a way because we had a week of just clowning on Illinois Twitter, and then you guys let them beat you by a lot. So, so do you want to give the people a taste of uh, what they're missing out on with your with your Underwood rant? Yeah, I well, I was gonna call him a sore loser, and I can't really do that now. But I mean, I mean, I can, right? Because like in the grand scheme of things, Michigan is probably still gonna win the Big Ten. And, uh, and he still was being a sore loser about it. Um, I was going to say a lot of stuff and, um, a lot of it revolved around him complaining and then losing to Michigan anyways, which he didn't do. So, uh, you got away with it this time, Brad, but I promise I'm going to get you one day. (laughs) I, is he fat? I was going to call him fat. I, I, he's like borderline, right? I feel like he's coach fat, which is like just average. I think yeah. every coach, we like, you know, every coach coaching athletes who are actually, you know, staying in shape is going to look a little fat. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm like, I'm sorry. No, Tucker, you're, you're still in shape. Uh, you know, but yeah, I feel like, I feel like he's coach fat. <laughs> yeah. But for, I will address it. Can we drop the narrative? that the reason Michigan is going to win the big 10 is because they didn't play Penn state Northwestern and Indiana again, because for God's sakes, they've lost, they lost one stinker 
to Minnesota when they didn't have Eli Brooks. And then they lost to the second best team in the Big Ten. And that's it this year. So unless they go and absolutely shit the bed the rest of this week against Michigan State, I, I will not be hearing that. Um, I know I saw Graham Couch tweeting about it last night and uh, eat shit, Graham. I don't care. Uh, it, it just it doesn't make sense to me because Illinois didn't go through and like it's not even really close. I think they've lost four or five. They've lost four games and like they lost to like Rutgers who just lost to Nebraska by 20. I, I know everybody has bad games, and I mean, Minnesota's currently losing to Penn State by 16, so you'll lose some ground to stand on, but so, I just think it's silly. So don't, don't blame the basketball team for the sins of the football program. The football program 100% went out in which street signs the week before Ohio State to make sure that they got COVID or kept COVID or didn't have to play Ohio State, but uh, the basketball team didn't even get sick. I don't think any of the guys even got COVID it was just a shutdown oh, of they still haven't had a by the, the way that's department. stressful too they haven't had a single positive test all day or all all year so they could go into the NCAA tournament and get it and not like they could have had their season shut down for three weeks and they can still get it and ruin their end of their season yeah so I'm hoping that doesn't happen because that's a, that'd be a really awful way to have this season end uh but yeah I mean it wasn't even the basketball program having an outbreak so do I think like, yeah, their legs would be a little bit more tired. Maybe they trip up, not in one of those three games, but one of these, maybe you don't blow out Iowa because you're, you know, you've played a few more games, but I, I, I still think they win the league. They have such a cushion right now. That it's and hard I, to imagine playing those three games to me doesn't. Maybe Illinois last night pulls to in a, within a game, maybe, yeah. but I think that's like the most generous you can be to, to try and take it away from Michigan. So, yeah, you know, it's fun to say the team ducked it, but like at least have it be something like the football program where it was an individual team had all the cases, not, uh, not the whole, the whole athletic department getting shut down due to a, <laughs> a strain mm-hmm. that's in the County. Um, yeah. oh, that's just not the same thing. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, Let's shift gears before we get to Big Ten title talk and bubble talk and all that fun stuff. Let's talk about what's been all the rage on Twitter today. And that is Amani Bates. Because, I mean, we texted about it for a while today. It's it's yeah. a complicated situation. <laughs> yeah, and so. and that, that Brian Quinn article really stirred the pot. Although I know that shoot. was not his intention. Uh, Throwing shade on a fellow Brendan and calling him Brian. Is that a thing in the Brendan Oh, class? my God. No, Dude. my God. It's because impractical jokers. You're going to make fun of me. <laughs> oh, no. I just I just figured it was a Brendan thing where you try and shit on each other by calling another one of them Brian. Or Brian's maybe like let's, let's him credit. Let's not disrespect him. He has no idea who I am. <laughs> he doesn't know I exist. That's yeah. That, that's okay. But thank you. That's that's very flattering. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I, I think you can you can throw a lot of things at writers at the athletic, and I try to do it all the time online, um, especially on their college football side. But I think uh, shooting at Brendan Quinn just because he happens to host a show with a guy who covers U of M hoops and calling him biased or saying that he dropped this this week because of a rivalry game is just 
man, that was the most embarrassing part of the whole thing. <laughs> I uh, think was was people coming at Brendan saying like he's trying to like be a homer, push Bates away. Like this isn't EJ Holland, okay? This is a guy who's credentialed. He knows what he's doing, uh, and he didn't even really make a call. He didn't say that Amani Bates isn't coming. He just said that there's a lot of people that he talks to that feel that Amani Bates doesn't. But as I was telling you, if you want to take the positive side of it as an MSU fan, there's one person in the entire article who goes on the record and says what Amani's going to do, and it's EJ Bates' his dad who says that he's going to MSU. And he leaves the door open. He does say less Amani changes his mind or does something. But, I mean, the one person who put their name down did not say the G League is an option. So, I, you know, it, it seemed like perfect rivalry week, uh, you know, spinning out of control because um, I think you're also crazy as an MSU fan if you've, ever, like, if you've ever been more than maybe 50-50 about Imani Bates showing up, and that's fine. Like I- – I also think you're crazy as an MSU fan if you sit there and get mad at Michigan fans for saying he's not coming. Like, I, I, what are we supposed to say? People have been calling him the next KD for <laughs> however long, and it's also been the word on the streets for a long time. I mean, let's be honest, outside of the MSU fan base nationally, a lot of people thought he was just going to skip college ball. Sure. Um, and so – don't let the idiots rile you up, man. And we're being idiots. So just ignore us, you know? Like, who cares? Who cares what a bunch of Michigan fans think? Of course they don't want them to come to campus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I get that. Uh, you know, and like, let's, let's be honest, we, enjoy, we loved the Josh Christopher thing, so. Uh, and Isaiah Todd. Like, it's it, – yeah. Now, now that both teams are recruiting like this, because I mean, how many misses like that has MSU had since like in the last 15 years where there's a, a top ranked guy who everybody gets their hopes up for. And, oh, uh, and, and you're starting to one about Jabari Parker is still. Yeah, I exactly. Still get, I still get hurt. <laughs> and now that Michigan's going to try and recruit like this, this is yeah. going to be a yearly occurrence. Everybody get yep. used to it. Yeah, I mean, like, I, you know, just looking even like what I wrote down, like, even on commitment day, when it kind of broke, like, the day of that he might add a college, like, even on commitment day, I don't think I met, most MSU fans were like, yep, this press conference is about UFC prep. Uh, ESPN was even saying that it was, it was about where he was going to play next year. And then all of a sudden, mid-conversation, it kind of springs into, oh, well, we hear you want to make a college commitment. And I think MSU fans always got the feeling like if if he makes a college commitment, it is going to be MSU. That was kind of always the feel. Um, but the fact was he may never make a college commitment. <laughs> like, you know, kind of like watching those LeBron interviews where he says, if I would have gone to college, I would have gone. I think he's said Duke and, you know, stuff like that. But for for me, at least, that was my thing was if he makes a college commitment, it's going to be MSU. Now, will he ever play at MSU? I had no clue at the time. I was under the assumption that the NBA rule was going to change. And by the time Amani was finishing high school, that he could jump straight to the league. Since then, partially maybe due to the COVID situation and players and owners losing money out, there's been a pushback that really seems like neither side from 
the players union or the owners is really pushing to get rid of that rule right now or in time for Amani. So does he want to play in the G league and live in the big brother house and like just play basketball in a random gym? Like, yes, he gets a hundred thousand dollars or whatever amount of money, but like he, he's just going to kind of be working out for a year or does he want to try and play college for one year and then move on? And so for me, I've always been 50, 50, I think most days that he's going to come or not. Um, and the way that I look at it, since the time he's committed is you treat it like LeBron who gets treated at Ohio state short of you don't give him a locker. Uh, Cause I like to make fun of Ohio state for that, but use this. If he doesn't come, it's not cause he, he, you know, miss you missed on his recruitment or you well, didn't close play for Tom Izzo, Jeremy. oh for sure yeah it's not that you didn't close like this isn't going to be a decommitment and the kid pops up at arrival like this is going to be the kid goes to the G League which whatever so he didn't close it uh to to him coming to campus but without a doubt you still say like Amani Bates the most hyped basketball player since LeBron was going to come here like we were his pick um, and you still use that. And I think that's fine. Like, Yeah, of course you can. I, for one, if he does show up, I will immediately pivot to making jokes about him playing 17 minutes a game. So I've already got it covered. No worries there. If we thought Rocket Watt got too long of a leash, just wait for the leash that Amani Bates gets when he shows up. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, him and Jaden playing together would be – interesting uh, there are so many storylines with this that I, I was saying earlier today like obviously I've joked already I'd prefer him not to come and I, that's true because I would prefer him not to come but uh, I think it's going to be really interesting no matter what way this goes um, because he's been hyped for five years it, it, there's so much pressure on everything he does um I think there's an, a real interesting dynamic with playing time at MSU. I mean, we joke about it, but I, we saw what happened with Jaron Jackson. I, like, it's always a threat to come back. And a lot of people, like, I know, I know you're not a fan of the way he's talked about the situation, but Ant Wright was talking, and, like, you watch his games at Ipsy Prep, and – Sometimes he's just taking bad shots all over the place and, you know, Tom won't let him do that. And so it would, it'll be really interesting to see how it develops either way. And I would say 50, 50 shot, he goes to MSU. And then when he's there, probably a 75% chance that he is the best player in college basketball for a year. And you guys go places. And I think there's a 25% chance that it ends up as a really, really frustrating year for Michigan state. Um, it, which is, you know, honestly, if I could pick one, I think it's him going to campus and it being a really, really frustrating year. Like if I just had to pick whatever misery I wanted you guys to experience, but, um, that's not the way it works. So, <laughs> uh, no, no, that's sure. That's really all I have on that situation, though. What a mess. Yeah, Yeah, I would say the only thing that I had on it was just, it just, it was funny because the BQ drops this article today. And I think that both sides, like if you, if you follow some good accounts, you know, that people have like stayed on top of it on both sides of the rivalry. Um, 
you know, like Ant has stayed on top of it. I think that song has like knocks on Amani's gauge and as I wonder like, is that a knock? Cause you're expecting this level out of Amani and, and he's a little bit below that, but he's still obviously the best player. Like I kind of wonder that sometimes. Yeah, for sure. But, That's a really good point. But uh but man, like people are all pretty smart about it. And then this article drops and they all just throw their sensibility out the window. Like I saw trusted good MSU accounts being like, well, Brendan never talked about name image, image likeness. Okay. Well, we have all said that if Amani comes, it probably means he reclassifies and comes next year. Cause there's no reason for him to play high school ball for another year. There is no chance in hell name image likeness is going to be figured out by next basketball season. If no. you're lucky, it's actually figured out by the time when Amani would have been arriving to campus in a normal graduation, if you're lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like that is a game changer, but I don't think that's an Amani game changer. I think that's a Mel Tucker in the football program in a few years game changer and the basketball program in a few years game changer. That's a Jim Harbaugh um, game changer. And I'm not that kidding too. That one. Yeah, I, no, I, no, absolutely. <laughs> so, so I think that's going to be, that's just like, again, just throwing all sense out the window um, because it's rivalry week, because people can't have a discussion about this without just throwing stones at each other. And uh, yeah, it just, I think I have a pretty good, pretty good uh, tolerance of it most of the time. But like when it's over a 17 year old kid, uh, I just didn't really care for it today. Like not that I think either side was like personal about Imani, but it's just, you know what, he's either going to come to MSU or he doesn't, um, you know, but I think me getting, uh, beating my chest over, like, the whims of a 17-year-old, <laughs> I don't know, man, that's just, yeah. that's a tough one, but but I'm also on a losing streak, you guys picked up another commitment today in football that mm-hmm. we wanted, uh, you know, you guys are on a hot streak of beating us for commits, so maybe, I'm, Valley, just, uh, maybe I'm just biased, but uh yeah, it felt really, really weird to to see that explode on Twitter. And like for me, like I said, I mean, it, the, the thing that I hated to see was like, man, he he won't leave over this. He won't even care because he's a Philly guy and he's tough. But man, throwing stones at Brendan Quinn, he clearly researched the shit out of this, and he knows how to write a story, and he knows how to do this. Um, to to take it to that level was just absolutely that shit crazy like how about you guys keep making fun of Graham we'll make fun of Sam Webb let's leave Quinn yeah, out of it I fair yeah it's exactly what we should do I we we were texting about it today and I think I called Brendan God tier and you called him a king because it, it's true we're so lucky to have him on both of our beats he does such a great job uh and let's let's transition away because i was actually before you talked about how twitter exploded over a 17 year old i was gonna say we've spent far too much time talking about a 17 year old so um let, let's move on to some some 18 year olds and talk about michigan's uh All right. michigan freshmen are 20 though brendan oh true that's a good point <laughs> like an msu hockey freshman so so Brendan Quinn, as, as we referenced, um, he, about the Illinois-Michigan game, said, Illinois showed up for a fist fight and Michigan showed up to get fitted for a crown. And that is exactly how that went. And 
I uh, first we we must reference since we've last recorded, Michigan absolutely kicked the shit out of Iowa, and then went into Assembly Hall and did what everybody's doing to Archie Miller nowadays and beat him. Um, but yeah, they they did not have it uh, on Tuesday against Illinois, and I think we got into a bit of overreaction Twitter a little bit just because it was Michigan's second loss of the year. And I think everybody, as soon as it was announced, AO wasn't playing. Uh, I think everybody assumed it was a foregone conclusion that Michigan was going to win and they're going to raise a banner, you know, and it was close for the first half a little bit. And then Illinois stretched out to about 10. But even at that point, you're sitting there like, ah, Michigan's down 10. They've done it before. They can't come back. And, um, you know, in the first couple minutes of the second half, Kofi gets his third foul, second and third, and he has to go out. And you're like, oh, well, this could be a turning point. And funny enough, I remember thinking that about when Hunter got his third foul against Iowa last week, uh, that it could be a turning point for Iowa. And the exact same thing happened. Kofi gets his third foul. I think it could be a turning point for Michigan. Hunter gets his third foul one one minute later on a dumb foul against Georgie, and Illinois just ran away with it as soon as Hunter goes out of the game. And uh, it sucked, you know, especially, I mean, we, we've agreed that Illinois' fan base this year has been the absolute most annoying in the Big Ten. Um, and it's a game where, you know, you guys can go wherever you want to get better analysis on this game from us, but I'm just going to talk about kind of how the fan base has felt here. This was a game where you want to win because you know, if you lose, we're probably still going to win the big 10. And if we win, they can't say a fucking word about it. But if you lose, all you're going to hear is that it's a, it's a Mickey mouse banner and that you're, it doesn't count because of the you played 17 games and it's all you're going to hear now unless Michigan goes and smacks them in the Big Ten tournament. I, I promise. So it, that's one where it just I wanted it so bad. And then AO gets announces out and you're just like, OK, th- this is ours. And I was I was listening to Ant again this morning. And he think like obviously that game is different, but. At least if AO's in the game, you know where the usage is coming from. It's easier to scout, that's for sure. Um, I'm not sure if it makes a difference because Michigan couldn't score at all, but uh, it might play out differently. And uh, it, it just sucked, though. Michigan didn't have the energy. It, and at the end of the day, you need your NBA guys to score. You need Isaiah Livers and Franz Wagner to go and get your points. And uh, Illinois' game plan against them was – really really good crowd uh, shout out to that dick brad underwood um but yeah i it, it sucked that was one of the i i was at work last night and trying to watch it when i got time and eventually i just caught up to the live version and saw they were down 20 and was like oh i'm done i'm done this feels this feels eerily similar to the similar to the last november last saturday in november uh, I, I know the stakes weren't that high, but with how bad I wanted that win, that's just what I felt like. Could you even pay attention? I The whole thing happened. Like, Illinois started running away when 
MSU's game with Indiana started. Thank God, because Twitter would have been so much worse if y'all weren't focused on your own shit. Like it would have been so much worse. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I didn't really get a chance to to follow it too much. Not that uh, the first half of MSU Indiana was worth watching, but um, but I was painfully watching. So uh, yeah, you gotta say like I mean I followed it on Twitter, you know, from from Michigan accounts, and I think credit to you guys. Like no one was worried even down at halftime because it was just like well you know. This team is is one loss for a reason. Um, you know, they, they can still find the answers. But, like, when I pulled up the score app to check, I had seen some Michigan accounts talking about it at the game, and I was like, I I don't know if I follow any of, like, the official Michigan accounts. So, like, I didn't have a score update. I just saw, like, people going, like, oh, this is kind of ugly or we need to make a run or things like that. So I had to check the score app to actually see what was going on. And when I saw it was 33-22, I think, like, I couldn't imagine Michigan scoring 22 and a half. Like that is ugly. Um, and, uh, and it was hard to think like, yeah, they can climb out of that. It, it wasn't the 11 points. It was the hard to, hard to see going from 22, one half to turning it on in the second. So that ended up being how it, I think, played out for him. But I think the only thing I would be concerned about if I was a Michigan fan is the status of Isaiah Livers, I guess. Right. I mean, I was, but Juwan seemed pretty confident after the game yesterday. He, he literally said in a press conference, if it was an issue, my trainers would have told me about it, and he, he hadn't heard anything. So uh, I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, you know, because I, I just fear that uh, everybody is so crucial to this lineup. Um, I, I think Michigan is significantly more talented at the right positions than MSU. Uh, we can get into rivalry preview stuff more, but in after we talk about MSU's week, but uh, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about Isaiah Livers, you know, and I feel I think it's a couple games where you could give him like only thirty minutes instead of thirty eight or whatever he usually plays, you know. Um, it, let's see. Let me see if there's anything else on Michigan's week. I want to. No, not really. I. We can talk about going forward for both teams after after we talk about MSU's week. So MSU, yeah, uh, they rode a roller coaster this week because you know I I sounded like an idiot last week. I told I said I'm, I'm skeptical of the chances to go and beat Ohio State after because uh, I thought that Illinois game kind of came down to Illinois playing down to. Michigan State and either Ohio State did the same thing or MSU can can play <laughs> when they want to and uh, they they came out and beat them. I was really impressed. Uh, it, it was a good win for them and then they lost to Maryland <laughs> and it was yeah. and then they beat uh, them in a free throw shooting contest. So I mean that's <laughs> that's an up and down week if I ever heard of one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. It was. You know, the Ohio State game was, I, I mean, I can still remember it. It was 49 to 40 in the second half. And I think we were all, you know, me and my colleagues or cohort of MSU Twitter had basically said, like, yeah, I think this is it. You know, like the gas has run out. Um, the win over Illinois was great. But coming back two days later and, and being Ohio State and, 
EJ Liddell is just eating up every Sunday we're throwing at him. Like, you know, it's 49-40. This team has not been an offensive fires, fireworks all season, you know. So this is going to probably be about it. Um, and they just – they got hot. They got a run. Uh, you know, Josh Lanford continues to just amaze <laughs> um, for a guy who, as they mentioned again last night, didn't play for 700 days. <laughs> Uh, you know, I wanted him to have a good season, but I definitely didn't think like, hey, end of season, Josh Langford playing 34 minutes a night is probably looking good because I thought he would just, there's no way that kid can last. And uh, he's finding it. And um, yeah, it became the Aaron Henry and Josh Langford show. And then the Maryland game was just 100%. Like finally, they were completely just gassed. Um, take nothing away from Maryland. Like they came out and, I think they hit like seven threes in the first half and we're all over MSU. I don't think even if MSU showed up ready to play, uh, they win that game, but they had finally like completely ran out of gas, which set up Indiana being like a play in game or feeling like one. So um, I think when we talked last week, what did I say? Three and two gets them in and they're at what? Two and one. So if they split this series with Michigan, I mean, I think now I'm to the point where if we get either win against Michigan, I think that clinches it. Um, I, you know, I Michigan sweeps I, us. I think you beat I Ohio you gotta, Yeah, I think that you beat Ohio State. All you need is that one game against Michigan, and you could go and lose a stinker to Rutgers in the first day of the Big Ten tournament, and I think you're still in yeah. if you beat Michigan. But that's a Yeah, a I think, gift. honestly, even, even getting swept by Michigan – um, the biggest thing is just you just cannot get blown out. You've already been blown out by Iowa. You've already been blown out by Rutgers. The Maryland game, it wasn't really as bad as the final. Like it, it really, I mean, there was points with like seven minutes to go that the lead was down to like four points. So it stretching to 18 is a little, a little bit tough, but that's what the final score is. So you've had three huge blowouts really right there. Um, you can't have another one. So, and Michigan's good enough that they can blow you out twice, and that would be a killer. So, um, you know, even if they lose both, they've got to stay close. They've got to be in it at the end of the game. But, I, you know, I think a split at least earns the tournament. And, again, not what MSU wanted preseason, but if you talk to us in February 1st, <laughs> I think if you could say, hey, you get to continue the NCAA streak, like, they would definitely take it. Oh, for sure. I, I mean – Every time we talked about it, it was like, don't care. Tournament streak's over. <laughs> like, you, you were in total apathy mode in early February. And uh, here we are a month later, and MSU is looking at bubble scenarios. I mean, how stressful is this for you guys, though? I mean, like, I know that you're in kind of that mode where you're like, ah, didn't think they're going to make it anyways. I'm just happy if they can't. But like, watching all the conference tournaments to make sure nobody steals an auto bid. And, you know, having to, I saw a tweet talking about like looking at other bubble teams losing while Michigan state beats Indiana and stuff, all that stuff. And uh, that's, that's a stressful life to live, man. I, I, I know it is cause I've, I've been there. And <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think the problem is I haven't been there. So I think to be honest, like I'm, I haven't, it hasn't sunk in yet that that's what, selection Sunday is going to be <laughs> like, I, I think I saw a tweet last night that, uh, or maybe it was after the Maryland game. 
it probably was after the Maryland game, but you know, the tweet that kind of summed it up the best for me was like, it hurt a lot less when losing that Maryland game just meant maybe the one seed went away. Like, and that's what an MSU fan is used to, right? Like that performance against Maryland, like for us right now, we're, you know, we're typically looking at, you know, the one through four, maybe seeding, like, where are we going to be? And like, we need to put some wins together. If we get some wins in the big 10 tournament, do we go from a three seed to a two seed? Like the conversation, that's what we're, that's what we're stressing out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know? And, uh, and now, like, I don't even know if it's it's hit me yet. It'll hit me next week, I'm sure, <laughs> um, yeah. especially right around tip of that first game, uh, more than likely against Rutgers. But, yeah, it's uh, – I don't think it's hit me yet, but – because I haven't felt it in so long because, like, MSU hockey hasn't even been on the bubble for a decade. So, <laughs> yeah. so what do I know? Um, you know, I, I don't even have to watch pairwise anymore. So this is going to be a totally new thing for me uh to to go through but i'll do it once and uh hopefully never again you know what you just reminded me i mean the big 10 tournament starts a week from today jeremy does that's a wednesday that was was the that was the covid day last yeah do you you think uh how how many masks do you think holberg Holberg wears this year huh like four five remember twitter thinking that he yeah. had covid and he's oh, just yeah just because he was feeling ill on the bench <laughs> yeah no it was crazy well i remember because it was the the exact same day that it was down goes the nba down goes the yep. nhl and i'm sitting there and there... Wait, the nhl wasn't yet yeah, oh no the, the nhl, NHL slow the nhl sub will we'll talk about it that as the old uh, old hockey guy says oh we'll we'll yep. talk about it but uh, I just remember seeing like, man, the NBA just shut down and I'm looking up at my TV and there's 10, 15,000 fans sitting in, in the arena watching Wisconsin or no, Indiana and Nebraska play a basketball, a meaningless basketball game. And I'm just like, what is going and on? To, again, to remind you of how stupid we, uh, we can be with like an infectious disease the decision was made i think mid that day or during that game like yeah so tomorrow we won't play in front of fans because you know tonight we're fine but tomorrow yeah we won't play in front of fans so we were sitting there as as fans of teams who weren't playing till the next day thinking like okay well i get to watch my team tomorrow it's gonna be weird it's gonna be this empty arena and yeah, you guys I mean, had the whole experience of like warming up, and like yeah, being no. ready to play. And I, I remember, and, uh, I remember telling Megan like, I, I cannot believe this is all happening, but I'm kind of grateful I get to watch my team one more time because I, yep. I didn't think anything was going to happen after that. And then ten minutes before the game, they're just like, "Nope, we're done." Oh, yeah. crazy! It's, what a mess! Anyways, it's amazing to think that like we think it's a mess now, but. God, looking back at that, like that's even. Oh, wow. no. we haven't learned anything since then, but uh, it feels like we've learned a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I've derailed us enough. Let's let's talk about this matchup. I feel pretty good about Michigan sweeping Michigan State. I I I know what just happened, and I know that MSU has beaten some really good teams in the past week. Um, I don't know, man. I just have this feeling. I, I, 
I just don't feel like Michigan is a good matchup for MSU. Uh, they just don't have an Marcus Bingham could potentially guard Dickinson pretty well. And I think that could keep it close. Um, but if you, it, we've already seen it all year. It, can you get away with not doubling Dickinson for 20, 25 minutes a game? Uh, if you do double them, uh, if Michigan hits their season average from three, you're done. And it comes down to, I really think those, if those guys aren't, don't come out tomorrow, absolutely on fire, ready to kick some ass, then I have some serious questions about their capability to make it to the final four this year. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's everything. You need a win to win the big Ten. You need a win. You, you're playing your rival, man. And John Beeline sometimes played it coy about the rivalry. Uh, we respect them a lot. They're just another team out there, though. We just got They're another top team. We got to go beat. Juwan Howard hates those motherfuckers. I, I mean, you could see it when he was a player. You can see it in his post game last year. I'm. It, he does not like Michigan State, and that's how it should be. Tom Izzo can't stand Michigan. I mean, it's. That's how it should be. I feel really good about Michigan's chances to win tomorrow. And I feel the real toss up is on Sunday at the Breslin, but uh, I don't know. How do you feel? I know you're hopeful for a split and I know, I don't know any MSU fan out there that's like, we could sweep them. Uh, but I, I mean, genuinely, Jen, what are your thoughts going into this tomorrow? Cause I, I think it's going to be a battle at least for a lot of the, these next 80 minutes of basketball. I think a lot of them are going to be a battle. It's just Michigan, Michigan pull away in so many battles this year that yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, then you have Izzo throwing a little bit of a wrench into it, saying that he told Jack Hoiberg to be ready. And now you have people like convinced that he's going to throw tomorrow's game to, to rest guys for yeah. Sunday and everything like that, which, I mean, I don't know, man. That seems so antithetical to the way that that guy operates. I can't see that happening at all. I, I mean, if you're um, Michigan State, you need a win. You can't throw away one of those opportunities no, you to make your second. No, you can, you can pull your guys early if you're down 12 with like eight to go. You can kind of say like, oh, for sure, you're really making it back. Um, I don't think we're going to make it back. Let's get the guys an extra little bit of rest here. Uh, but again, like we talked about, you also can't get blown out. So I don't know. Like that's where I think it's interesting or seeing how you handle that. But um no, man. I mean, I think I think a split's possible. I would, you know, and again, in a normal time, I could say like both home teams are going to win. You know, I would love to have Breslin be packed on Sunday for end of season and, you know, Aaron Henry's senior day and all that stuff, but we're not going to get that. So, um, yeah, I don't know, man. It, it's hard to read tomorrow. Like, God, MSU's playing every other day. <laughs> and you're just well, like... The, the thing I've noticed get... is outside of, I think... Did MSU play last Tuesday? Yes, when they beat Illinois. It was on a Tuesday. Yeah, we've gone Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday is how we're going to finish. Outside of that Tuesday game, though, where I think they played Saturday and then Michigan played Sunday and then got that Tuesday off, they've played an identical schedule for the past week. Yeah. So, no, so- no. For sure, one's not going to be more tired than the other. It's just like I think from a fan perspective – Wait, it feels like I'm watching like an NHL team where it's just like, I don't even care about the next opponent. 
I, I get like a day to care about the next game, right? Like, whereas a normal basketball season, like we would have beat uh, Indiana on Tuesday and probably played you guys like Saturday or Sunday. Mm-hmm. So you have like four or five days, you get a couple of press conferences, you you get a whole thing. Like right now it feels like you're on an NBA or NHL schedule where you're just like, okay, sweet, we survived Indiana. All right, yeah, well, Michigan comes in Thursday, but we play them twice. So it's kind of like we do have five days to get ready. Um, yeah, so no, I, I, this is a cool situation. Yeah. It sucks. It the only way I think uh, we can win tomorrow and not Sunday, like we can win tomorrow rather than go into Sunday with a chance to sweep, is if uh, if we get a tight crew like we had against Indiana last night and we happen to get the right Michigan guys into some foul trouble. You can get Dickinson like, in foul trouble. I'll be I'll yeah. – yeah. Um, yeah. Then, then that opens up some possibilities. Um, it makes it interesting. Uh, but beyond that, it, you know, like tomorrow for me going into it as like a strategic thing, like let's go lose by five to 10. Like, like we, like not let's go try to lose, but like as long as we can keep it close, you know, cover the 11 and a half, um, be in it for points in the second half, see what they throw at you. And then, you know, I, I'm not going to say again, Jawan cares about this rivalry. So he has everything to play for Sunday too. Like he still wants to beat MSU, but you got the big 10 championship in your pocket. I would figure you guys almost have a number one seed wrapped up at that point. It's human nature that maybe they let off the gas a little bit Sunday and that's enough to open the door for MSU. Um, but now like, like going into it, I just don't see the matchups that go in MSU's favor. <laughs> um you know, I think Aaron Henry's really, really hot right now, but I also Ross know that, the best wing defender in the Big Ten. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I think uh, no, I think those two going at each other. Like, I don't think Franz is going to go off because I don't think he. I think Henry can match him up well on defense as well. But um, yeah, we just don't have a match for Dickinson, and that's just really hard to uh, to see how they handle. It. And they've been handling it really well when they've been having these bigs like Chase Jackson Davis. Uh, or even a you know EJ Liddell of just crashing down. We're gonna double. We're gonna dribble team. None of them can pass like none of them shoot the three. And and even if they can, those teams aren't shooting the three at a level that Michigan is shooting the three right now. So um, it's kind of like you know when playing Maryland with their lineup where they didn't really have a huge big. It was like we kind of were lost. Like well, we don't triple down on this guy in the in the lane. Uh, but we still went to do it, and now they're hitting threes. So, <laughs> um, you know, that's the thing that I just don't know. How you, we're going to need some foul trouble for Dickinson, I think, tomorrow night to to be able to get off to where you have a chance at a sweep. Yeah, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting, man. I, I I think it'd feel a lot simpler if Michigan would have won last night, but um, them having a this has to feel more fun, right? It'll yeah, be it'll be it'll be fun. Get to, get to take a take a little bit out of our NCAA hopes and yeah, that's like I mean that's not a bad outcome for you guys, assuming you get a win, right? I mean, the, the it, funny it, thing uh, is here makes you too nervous for Sunday, but because uh, the opportunity is there for a three and and0 sweep uh, if if Michigan State were to win their eight nine game, and then they'd play right. again. And as much fun as that is, 
MSU makes the tournament if they even if they get swept by Michigan and go and beat Rutgers in the eight nine game, then they're in the tournament. And you can't even do anything fun. Even if you pants them, they're they're still in the tournament probably. So, guess you can't have your cake and eat it too if you're a Michigan fan. But nevertheless, um, we enjoyed the sleepover you pretty well. I think you guys can. Yeah, I mean that. Well, that was different, man. That that three and zero sweep when going into it, both teams were uh, trying to win the Big Ten. That that would be different than sweeping a bubble team when you're winning the Big Ten. But nevertheless, um, I mean, do we even really need? I think everybody and their mother knows what Michigan needs to do to be a one seed, and I think everybody knows what Michigan State needs to do to be a tournament team so i as much as i wanted to go through that we've spent about 45 minutes uh, on basketball so i think we should move on to hockey a little bit not that that's really a fun topic because i i saw the scores for michigan state and notre dame i i tell you what i getting swept by notre dame and one is one thing but getting swept in back-to-back two zero i'm sure they were just both clunkers because i know how notre dame and michigan state play hockey I've seen it before. It happened to Michigan just last year, but I bet that was terrible. So it was two different games. I mean, the Friday night game, you know, MSU, it was a 0-0 game up until, oh, I'm sorry, mid-second period is when finally Notre Dame got on the board. And so, like, yeah, MSU's not scoring, but, like, it's, it's a pretty even game. You know, it, they're playing pretty well defensively. They also start Pierce Charleston for his first college start. So, like, you know, of course, an already defensive team is going to go into a little bit even more of a shell when you got the two freshmen making his first start. Um, you know, so it's just kind of like, okay, you give up a goal. It's one nothing Notre Dame going to the third period. And then, uh, you know, it looks like MSU ties it and gets it to 1-1. But a uh, goal comes back off of an offsides review, and twelve minutes later, Notre Dame makes it two nothing. It's just like that swing. You know, at one one, you're sitting there thinking like, "Let's get through this." You know, maybe you get a goal, but you know, a late goal like you've done against Michigan or one of those types of games. But if not, uh, you go to overtime. You play three on three, and and I like, you know, I like being able to throw Michigan Lewandowski and. You know, Josh Nobler or Kumar Lewandowski and Nico Mueller out on a three-on-three against a team of Notre Dame's style. Um, but you up that goal right after a disallowed goal, and there you go. So um, it wasn't as ugly as it probably could look for a 2 nothing game between these two teams. <laughs> um, I mean, there was 30 shots between them in the second period, so it, it had its moments, but... Uh, I mean, when you're a team of MSU's scoring problems and you have the worst power play in the country, like, you're not going to have fun against Notre Dame. It's just not going to happen. So then they come back Saturday night and uh, they gave up a, you know, a first period goal. So you're starting in the hole and just never really broke through again. They had a great second period again, 15 shots, um, but just you give up two power play goals. So you play them even at even strength, but their power play scores twice and you go over three. So you can't really complain. Uh, my, uh, of course I now have to uh, answer Twitter questions randomly on like a fucking Wednesday, four days later about his coal on a hot seat. Um, 
I think I, I think I wrote down just not on a hot seat, but like my eyebrows are raising. Like, oh come on, I mean, this is not not eyebrows raising or like getting fired. Like, but uh, I mean, this is Tom and Astros levels of like scoring output. I mean, this roster so, is so bad, Jeremy. It is, it is. But <laughs> so this is where it's just like, even if the roster isn't as good as I think it, it needs to be, like next season, like. I'm go sorry, I, shouldn't, lose. I shouldn't go lose five three. I, I <laughs> shouldn't like respectful, but I mean they just there is a certain level of scoring talent you need in the Big Ten to succeed. Yep. And I think the fact that you're only paying a Big Ten schedule this year certainly not help at all because this league is murderous. And, and you didn't get to warm up at all. <laughs> exactly. And, and yep. I they just do not have the natural scoring ability. I, I understand the eyebrow raise a little bit, um, but yeah, and, but and to quit, like not eyebrow raises. Like, COVID, I think he might not be the. I like. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, I, with the promise that he showed previously, mm-hmm. I, I don't think you can even say the word hot seat though this year. No, no. My new thing, because again, I can't get into Dan Cole is even close to a hot seat. Um, I'm a real nervous Drew DeRitter might leave. Uh, and I only say that he's undersized. I don't know about a full-on NHL career. That's kind of rough for me. I think he's he's got AHL, you know, kind of ceiling written all over him. Like MSU has fallen in love with John Lethem and Jake Hildebrand. Both those dudes are playing the ECHL right now. So, no, I don't think Judy Ritter is, like, guaranteed NHL guy or anything. But uh, he's getting shelled, and he's getting no help. And the kid kind of got a – not a raw deal because John Nathaman earned taking those starts last year, but he sat a whole year, and he comes in, and this is what he gets. Like, if, it, if the right situation came along, I don't know, man. Maybe it's time to go. So – He's, he's uh, like that's that. my nervousness. He's like Jonathan Bernier, except he isn't being paid. <laughs> Not at all. And and yeah, so I think and like there's a point Saturday night where you know Notre Dame kind of kind of hacked him a little bit after a whistle, and he just got up and started just getting into a fight. And just like you, you know, the guy's got to just be sick and tired of this season. Like again, yeah. he plays great. He gives up two goals and. You know, the team on the weekend gets beat for nothing. Like I, I will think him and Bruce Charleston can do. I, I don't know if hockey goalies are equally. I'm sure they're more insane than soccer goalies, actually. But um, <laughs> we're all head cases, so he might like being the star of the show. Huh? You know? Yeah. Yeah. No. I, I mean, I've played on some pretty bad teams, and it was always fun when you'd lose four zero, and everybody's like. Hey, great game. And like they actually mean it. <laughs> like that always felt decent. So so maybe you get him to stick around for that. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't think it's like that serious of a concern. It's just something where I mean, if that were to happen, man, like I like Pierce Charleston fine, but uh them taking a step forward is really reliant next year on Drew DeRitter being here as like a backbone because they're they're gonna need it still. Um and that's where it gets scary, man. Like that kid leaves, you might need to hit the grad transfer portal and uh, and find something. 
So he can come to Michigan and be our third best goalie. I'm oh, just I'm, I shouldn't even make those jokes because oh. Strassman oh. number three on Corey Pronman's uh, 2021 uh, free agent, which he's just I mean that's impressive considering he's only six foot tall. And then this today, instead of reading Brendan Quinn's article, I thought, hey, I love hockey prospects and I love the NHL draft. He's like my favorite day of the year. Mm-hmm. I'm going to treat myself and I'm going to read Scott Wheeler's top 64 NHL prospects. How many did it upset about how many did we have in the top 10? Four of the top five. <laughs> Are you counting Luke Hughes? You had, you had Owen Power at one. Um, Maddie Beignets was five. Benier. Luke Hughes was four. Yeah. And uh, two was Johnson. So. Dude. I, two of the top three and, and four of the top five. So. And you know and you know what? Um, I don't think – And he mentioned Adam Fantilli, who, if he plays college hockey, is probably coming to Michigan. But that's 2023. So, I mean, you've yeah, got a couple no, of years, but – I know. So, here's the thing about that, too, is that I'm not sure any of those players are NHL ready next year. Um, like, genuinely. You could say Owen Power because of the way he's physically built – but I think uh, he's gone. But not that he should go. But I think that he's gone. I, that's that's fine. I have to say that to myself. No, I get it. I get it. Um, I just and even if he is, if you can, we've talked about it before. And you look at Minnesota this year, and every year Boston College has a bunch of star-studded freshmen, and then they underperform and they come back the next year. And what they are, I, I'm really feeling good about Michigan's 2021-2022 season. Let's talk about let's talk about this season though. I I'm gonna be straight up with you guys. I didn't watch a single minute of their series against Arizona State. I no need. I, I worked all weekend, and to be honest, it was just completely inconsequential. Like I it it seems that because of the way that the tournament is being selected this year, um, which is just a committee of talking heads, and the amount of talent Michigan has. Uh, it seems they're pretty much a lock at this point, um, as long as they don't lose out. And Arizona State sucks, and I just didn't have the time to watch. So I, they, for those who are curious about the results, Michigan like smoked them like four-one or something on Friday, and then played to a one-one tie on Saturday. Um, I, they got Minnesota coming up this weekend, and I mean. I think if you win one of those games, you're in the tournament. I like in a normal year, I'm not sure Michigan would make it, but this is not a normal year. And especially, I think college hockey has been hit much harder than college football or college basketball by this pandemic. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong in saying that, but I mean, there's what, like 38 or 40 teams playing this year out of the 60 something that normally play. I think. I think they got up to 50, ended up playing. But, like, I mean, some but of these teams aren't even reaching – some of these teams aren't going to reach the threshold of playing enough games to qualify for the national tournament. Exactly. Um, so, I, like, you had some play in Atlantic hockey, but, like, the whole ACAC was almost wiped out due to due to the Ivies not playing. But then you have teams in Atlantic hockey, like, I think Holy Cross. I mean, I'm just pulling them up now because I just got to see this. You know, see what we're see what we're looking at, but 
I mean, yeah, like Holy Cross played 12 games, and I think they've already been canceled for this weekend. So, like, their season's done. Uh, Niagara has played, like, 12 games. Like, they just haven't played enough games to I, – well, I don't even remember what the number was, if it was 14 or 16 that you had to play. Yeah, um, I don't know what the number was, but it's – it's still Big a- 10 by far has been, like, probably the closest to successful at having a full season, even though I don't think we're going to see Michigan and Michigan State happen because of uh, when the conference tournament is and stuff. But Well, yeah, I, so – that combined with the fact that Michigan could go and lose eight zero on back to back nights, and the the eight uh, not the AP poll, but the the polls would be like, all right, we're dropping you one position. Like it, it happened consistently this year, where Michigan would have a bad weekend performance against a bad team, and they wouldn't move. And uh, it was is it's a good year to have this happen. So Michigan's not a lock but they're probably in. And like I said, I mean, this is nothing's changed since last week, so we don't have to dwell on them, but do do you see a world where Michigan doesn't make the tournament? If they get swept by Minnesota and then lose to Notre Dame on the first day of the big 10 tournament, do you think they don't get in or do you think they get in as a four seed? Cause I think they do. I mean, depends how they play. Again, the pairwise would say no, technically, and I'm so used to looking at that. Well, no, but, but the pairwise I mean, is useless. <laughs> exactly. So, and I mean, there's teams ahead of them, like Army or Clarkson, that just will not be chosen over them uh, for awesome. this term. Bemidji State. The, the like, pairwise with non-conference games is is completely useless. And so. For sure. It, so, it, no, I. All the eye tests. certainly, like, it doesn't feel like there's anyone around them like I mean right now I mean these these four seeds could be crazy though like we're looking at a four seed of like it could be Michigan it could be Minnesota Duluth like those are going to be some packed four seeds um you know but yeah I mean yeah like they feel pretty safely in but I know Duluth thinks they're on the bubble too and they're right around Michigan like record wise and, and kind of eye wise so um I think it would take if you if you get swept by Minnesota, it's ugly, and then you go and uh, and lose the first game, and it's ugly. Maybe, um, but you know what? I think the talking heads will sit there and say, you know, they played Minnesota for a series with half the roster at the World Junior, um, you know, and different things that uh, they're going to get in probably regardless. Yeah. So. I think I should be in, like, this year, give me 16 decent teams. Like, I mean, we're already going to get a shitty instant. Like, it's already the worst tournament, and now we're going to have the worst tournament with even less fans than normal. Uh, um, although it'll well, probably look a lot like before. I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, like, it'll, look like the, uh, it'll look like the Toledo Regional at all the sites. Um, yeah. It, it's just, it's, yeah, you know, put them in, like, that team is loaded. People want to see them like sell college hockey, get them in the tournament, you know, and win a national championship. I mean, see, that would be the most. I say that, and you know, I'd enjoy the hell out of it, right? But like, partially, it wouldn't even feel that gratifying because of how the season's gone, you know? 
Am I insane for saying that? I mean, I don't know. It's just hockey. No, you're not. It's like the most random tournament in sports, almost. And and I think in hockey, like unlike the basketball, there's no one that really set out the football or basketball season that is consequential. But like hockey, like I mean, Harvard could have been a good tournament team. Exactly. They just completely sought the season out. We wouldn't have Um, Matt Veneers if Harvard played. He transferred because Harvard wasn't playing. I, dude, yep. this whole thing is crazy with hockey. I, I I say it now, but I know if I get to watch Michigan lift a national championship trophy, I'll lose my shit and I'll do a whole thing. But yeah. I don't know. It's hey. just weird here. I'm, I'm hoping that they just have a good run and – Get, do something fun this year a little bit towards the end and then and then next year hopefully they're a wagon and they can win a natty that would be more fun to, to show you that you know usually you know i'm like on college hockey like the app i'm checking everything to show you how much this year and only playing the big 10 has fucked with my head uh did you know that ferris hasn't won a game all year <laughs> i had no idea brandon they're oh 20 and one Dude, I don't, I don't know anything about anything outside of the Big Ten either. It's all I. And I normally I'm all over that. Yeah, they're o twenty and one. Like we're talking. I mean, they are. They're looking up at Alabama. It's almost impossible like, to actually do in hockey. Like eventually, you're just gonna they win. Play, it. They play Alabama Huntsville. Like that's your guaranteed win, right? Like you're supposed to like get those wins. Uh, Huntsville's got three of them. Ferris has zero. Yeah, that's that's not well. Anything else hockey related? I, I mean, we no, we no it. it's uh, it sucks because even as MSU was low in the standings the last few seasons, they were at least with the KHL line, they were fun. They had a power play that was in the top five in the country one year, and and this season, just goal output wise, it's too too close to the Anastas years, so. I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to having four of the top 20 USHL scorers on our roster next year, and at least feeling like we're not going to be in the bottom of the country in power play and goals. So yeah. I'm going to yeah. slog through. I'm going to watch both games this weekend. I, I would. I did forget. Uh, I did see today. I think it came out before today, but I just saw it today that Johnny Beach is out for the year. Um. So that sucks because I have a feeling he's probably played his last game in a Michigan uniform in that case. And uh, really sucks to see. He never really hit the stride we were hoping for when he got to campus. Um, who knows? Maybe maybe he comes back for a junior year, but I wouldn't count on it if I'm a Michigan fan, which I am. And <laughs> Yeah, there's – Healthy. I mean, if, healthy soon. if he comes back, it's because it was a really bad injury and he needs to come back. Um, there's yeah. no reason for him to come back. Nope. But that's pretty much it for hockey. And with that, that's pretty much it for the podcast. I'd, I'd talk about the commit in football today, but I don't have the energy. I... <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't even get to – my prognostication was right. You guys got to transfer QB. We'll have to cover that in the offseason stuff. Yeah, we, we'll get to that as soon as basketball and hockey are slow, done. Uh, we, we'll, we'll, we'll take a date dive into football as much as I don't want to. Did Richie Pitino Jr. get fired already? I don't think so. Um, 
But man, I, thank you, Richie Patino Jr., for making me some money on Penn State minus six and a half. I will. And uh, you know what? Good job by you, Richie Jr. You changed the family outlook. You didn't get fired seconds after anything happened. So <laughs> that's a good one. Oh, I should have ended the podcast there. Now I have to talk more. So. <laughs> If you're if you made it this you just far, gave a you just gave a window into the fact that we don't edit anything and we don't do anything. So oh yeah, I'm sure they were really Brendan in the dark. Edit it. I'm sure they were really in the dark that we to the didn't. point that Brendan doesn't even cut things crop at all. Nope. Well, you know, I'm a busy guy. <laughs> Listen, if, what we talked about if, if they want to do a Patreon, we'll hire an actual producer. Yeah, there we go. But I turn and we'll treat him way better than Andrew Cuomo. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. So. I. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, before we scare you off, please give us a rating on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you're listening to us. Uh, subscribe if you're not and leave a review. Just even, even if it's bad, uh, as long as you give the five star rating, you can leave <laughs> a bad of a review you want. Um, yeah, and I'll, I'll, I'll say this: if you leave us a five-star review, and then you write some really some bad stuff in the comments, we'll read them. We'll give you airtime. Yeah. So. Oh, absolutely. You can say whatever fucked up shit you want, and I'll, I'll read it. <laughs> on as long as the words do not come as mine. Um. Everybody have a safe rivalry week. Uh. Don't hurt each other. There's not much opportunity since we're all at home in our houses. Um, and we'll be back next week to preview the Big Ten tournament and recap whatever the hell happens. I mean, what more could you ask for? Two Michigan, Michigan State games to end the year. This is like our podcast's wet dream.